0: You're listening to the FUVFC podcast on WFUVSports.org. FUVFC, October 4th, 2017. I am John Furlong, and I've got Luke Fiore here with me. Luke, at Luke the Dude on Twitter, which I absolutely love. One One of my favorite Twitter handles in the business. Luke, how are you, man?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm I'm, d- I'm doing pretty well. I'm not gonna lie. I'm doing pretty well. We've got one on one in a couple hours, so in the studio just a little bit early to do the do the podcast. Knock that out before the before the show tonight. I, I'm surprised you said you're good, considering Liverpool have been in kind of a tailspin recently. Your team,
1: yeah. You know, I'm honestly I'm not as worried as I probably should be. Um, listen, Liverpool played a pretty good game uh, from what I saw on Sunday. It's just the defense. I mean, and they could easily go out and get Virgil van Dyke at, uh, at the transfer window. So, I'm not fully in panic mode yet. They're still in the top ten on the table. Um, top
0: ten? Why is that a good thing? I mean, well... Once they should you... be top five. They're Liverpool. They're a big club.
1: I mean, at, at this point of the season, it's not, like, inexcusable to be in the lower... So, you're portion.
0: writing off the league already, it sounds no, like. No, no, no. Okay, that's what it sounds like. I'm
1: not completely writing off the league, but, I mean, Man City and Man United are making a strong case as you've seen against their games this weekend they're making a really strong case that already they might be the two that are going to go head-to-head throughout the rest of the season and big
0: matchup for liverpool the first game out of the international break is man united liverpool is that at old trafford this game um, no, you know what? I think it's at Anfield. I think the first one this year is at Anfield. So that's the first game, 7.30 a.m. Eastern time, so that's going to be a nice early wake-up for you. I, I would assume you're going to be—yeah, it's absolutely. probably one of the biggest games <laughs> of the year for for uh, for Liverpool, so you got to get up and watch that one. We'll talk about we'll talk about their co-counterparts in, in Manchester, Manchester City. Probably the biggest game of the weekend was Manchester City-Chelsea. A 1-0 win for City, and it it should have been a lot more, in my opinion— I, Man City just completely controlled the game, as you would expect for a team in that form with that quality of a team, and they look. I, I texted Christian, who's on the pod quite often. I told him, I'm just like, listen, Man damn Man City looked good this year, and he was like, I know. Like, yeah. there's nothing else you can say at this point.
1: I mean, going into the season, they were my pick to win the league, and yeah, I, p-
0: I picked them to win the league as well.
1: Uh, they're not disappointing, especially against Chelsea, who is still a very good team. Yeah. But without Benjamin Mendy and without uh, Sergio Aguero, they still we had
0: Fabian Delph playing left yeah. back, which is just which just blows my mind. And they look just as solid in defense as any team I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I'm, it's just Man City is so good. I, I can't wait to see the game against whenever the first game against Man United is. Man
0: City, that Manchester Derby, and they really are the two. I mean, you can see it in the table. They are by far and away the two best teams. You, mm-hmm. I don't know if you can say that. I guess you can say it about United because they've just thrashed everybody but you got to see how they play against the big teams because last year excuse me their problem was playing against the little teams mm-hmm. the big teams is where they're going to make their money this year. They've had such an easy schedule. They've played bottom of the table teams so far. I don't think we've really seen the real Man United just yet. I feel in this first Manchester derby, you could see an anti-football match for Mourinho. Just go out there, and he's going to want to go out there and just foul everybody. And you can see like the most boring nil-nil draw in the history of ever. And I'm going to look up when the uh, when the first Manchester derby is.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, last year it was it was either Man United against Chelsea or Man United against Man City, where. I think it was Man City where Mourinho shocked everyone with the starting lineup. A bunch of starters weren't playing, and it was everyone was really upset. And they ended up tying the game. I think one one or nil nil.
0: It was they beat Chelsea two nil. So I'm assuming oh. it was against it was against City because they he started his best lineup against Chelsea that game.
1: Yeah. Then it, oh yeah, it must have been against City earlier. Yeah, on. it must have been. Um, and, by the way,
0: December 9th at Old Trafford is the first meeting between the two teams, and they meet at the Etihad, Etihad April 7th. So that's that's real late in the season yeah. for a first matchup.
1: I mean, December 9th, that's a long way to go. I'm yeah. I'm itching yeah, it to is. see that matchup as soon as possible. But I guess I'll have to just settle with Man United-Liverpool. I, I, I still don't know. I think Rashford and company are going to – not as in company on Man City, but Rashford and <laughs> the team were going to um, – pretty much thrashed through Liverpool's defense. so hopefully Liverpool.
0: We'll talk a little bit about, uh, more about that when we get to our Liverpool segment. Yeah. Then we'll talk about the MLS very briefly. Playoffs start on April 25th. NYCFC locked up their playoff spot, just about locked up their number two seed as well, so they will get a first-round bye, very similar to the NFL playoffs. Meanwhile, the Red Bulls, they're four points up on the final playoff spot. They've got 43, and the next uh, playoff team is at 39 points, so they're pretty they're in a good position to make the, make the playoffs yet again for another season where they make the playoffs. They seem to be one of the more consistent teams in the league but they just can't get over that hump and I don't really see a reason to think that this team is gonna make it to an MLS Cup this season they've they've been a lot weaker than they have been in the past
1: yeah uh, it's just Luis Ropless was pretty strong at the beginning of the season but he's just been giving up a bunch of goals I mean it's not like the Red Bulls haven't been scoring recently it's just the it's just been the, the defense the goals um and if you look the team right behind them is Montreal. I actually saw the game against, I was there for the Red Bulls-Montreal mm-hmm. game earlier this season, and it wasn't even close. It was something like 5-1. So
0: 5-1 to who? Um, Red Bulls. Okay, that's what I thought.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, just to have the Red Bulls fall that low to six is a little sad. Of course, they still make the playoffs, but... Yeah, I don't see any aspirations But knowing knowing
0: about. sports like this they they always seem to be number 1 or number 2 see so going to mm-hmm. the playoffs and they always falter but this year winning the number 6 you could see them going all the way to the finals cuz that's just how sports goes it, it, it sometimes
1: it could happen but and I mean, Toronto looks super strong and yeah. even Atlanta United as of recently has been really good
0: and that's going to be a they've, a team's got to go there and play in the new in the new Georgia Dome they have i think it's mm-hmm. called Mercedes-Benz Stadium obviously yeah. where the Falcons play and that's not an easy place to play and they're going to pack that, that that stadium they they love that team down there and it's really cool to see MLS to have such a a major foothold in such a a big market
1: yeah uh, especially in like a southern market that's more football rooted it's good to see, and baseball, like the Braves down there, but it's good to see like a soccer team really thrive down there as they've seen in uh, Orlando City, kind of, but more so yeah. in Atlanta United.
0: And Orlando City, believe me, even my aunt, who's lived in Orlando for the past thirty years, even she's like up to date on what the team's doing. Like, yeah. and she is not a sports fan by any way. And she even she knows they have done a great job. They do a great job down there in the South, really following their team. It's really, it's really great to see. So I guess that'll mostly wrap up our MLS conversation. We'll get more into it once the playoffs start at the end of the month. But we'll go to the most important topic, in my opinion, and that is U.S. soccer. They have got. This has been touted as the biggest World Cup qualifier for, for, the, for the U.S. since 1989, and that's not that's not hyperbole. That is what this is. I mean, they've got an 83% mathematical chance to make the World Cup right now, but if they don't win against Panama, they give up. It's not in their hands anymore. They control their own destiny right now, but if they draw against Panama at home in Orlando on Friday, they are in serious, serious trouble of not making this World Cup or or having to go play a very risky and I, I don't know what the other word is—risky and and yeah, un un unappealing match yeah. with probably Australia, and that's a flight halfway around the world.
1: It, it's the, uh, the United States team really hasn't been looking that good. It's this was a year that they were supposed to kind of progress. I mean, they've been progressing the past couple World Cups as you, uh, as the United States have gotten more into soccer, but. This was supposed to be kind of like a big push, especially without um, a a bunch of the guys from the last World Cup aren't on the team anymore. They still have Dempsey, Mm -hmm. but they're led by more young guys now. So this was supposed to be an exciting World Cup, and it really – the United States have not looked strong in their qualifiers at all.
0: No, they have not. And Pulisic – I mean he's not the type of player, he's not a Ronaldo or a messy type of player. He's a very, very talented player, but he's not the type of player, especially at this age, who's gonna be able to take a team by the scruff of the neck and bring it to a major tournament like Ronaldo did last for the twenty fourteen World Cup. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he does get a lot of a lot of shtick because okay, like he's the big guy, he's the wonder boy, but like let's take a step back. He's not that type of player, he's still under six feet tall, he's not huge yet, so he's he's still got a lot of he's still got a lot of uh he still needs to develop, obviously. But this U.S. team, you said it, they haven't been looking good recently. That 1-1 one, one draw, they really squeaked out that 1-1 one, one draw against Honduras. I ended up watching that game on like some illegal bootleg Honduras-Honduran stream because I was just like, I saw them go down early, and I was like, they, I, there's no way. They cannot lose this match. And if they did lose that match, they would have been in real trouble because they wouldn't have controlled their own destiny for the World Cup. But no, they, Bobby Wood was able to get that late equalizer, and they do control their own destiny as of now. But and I, I've I've also seen this on Twitter. Here's another argument, if the U.S. doesn't beat Panama at home, they don't deserve to go to the World Cup, and I 100% agree with that, but we'll, we'll, we'll harp on that point for just a little bit, and then I'll bring up the main question that I have, but this game against Panama, your thoughts, they drew 1-1 in the uh, in reverse fixture in Panama, obviously CONCACAF, it's so hard to get a win on the road and all that, so going into Panama and getting a result is not, it's not, a, bad, it's not a bad result, but your thoughts about this upcoming game on
1: Friday? I think, obviously, it's extremely important, especially Zardus is not going to be in the match I saw earlier, um, so they really, uh, I can't say it enough, You're you're completely right, they really have to win this game in Panama, especially when it's at home, it's going to be a great atmosphere, hopefully if they win, but if they lose, it's... I agree. They do not deserve to be in this World Cup. Uh, as you've seen from the if qualifiers, they can't be
0: Panama at home, yeah. like, come on. How are they going to be any? How are they going to even be competitive With in a World Cup ag- about. Even with South American teams, True. I mean, I was going to say Argentina, but they've yeah. they've got their own problems qualifying for the World Cup. A team like Brazil, I'm not going to say I'm not saying they should beat a team like Brazil, but not get blown out four five nil because that's yeah. if that's how, how they're playing right now, that's what would happen Absolutely. if they went up against a, a, a powerhouse like that.
1: They want to be at least able to compete. I don't like you. I don't expect them to go no, up. No, make Spain make this make anything. the final
0: sixteen, make the knockout round, and if if lucky, make the final eight. That's yeah. like the the ceiling for a U.S. team. But if, if they go into the World Cup playing like they have been in these qualifiers recently, I mean, it's just—you I mean, have to go back to even at the beginning of the Hex under Clinsman. I know Arena mm. kind of st- uh, steadied the ship, but then that 2-0 loss to Costa Rica really, really threw things out of whack, and that, that I think that loss of the U.S. does not make the World Cup— I mean, I guess you could say the Panama result considering if they don't make the World Cup, they wouldn't have won that game. But you've got to look at that Costa Rica result that really threw things. That really took a lot of momentum out of this team because they've been playing really well
1: up to that point, And then everything changed in that match. I mean, the way I see it, I don't even see them get, making it out of the group stages right now with the way they've been playing. Well, it depends on what group they get. Yeah. You can get a really easy group and it's skate through. Depends, but do, I, I don't think they deserve to at no, this point. No, oh, 100% no. But which makes this game against Panama good. I mean, well, really important. They have to not only beat Panama at home. I think they have to beat them in convincing fashion. Hopefully, get a clean sheet. Maybe get multiple goals. I'm thinking like a three-nil win. That would that would be optimal. They have to gain some momentum, and then they go to Trinidad on mm. the final day. Which
0: going to any, I mean, I know it's Trinidad and they are the worst team in the hex, but going like I said before, a road match in Concacaf are always hard. You got to go to that tiny island and they got a big crowd there, and it's always hard. That was the island where uh, the us qualified for their first world cup back or their first modern world cup back in 1989 and they qualified for 1990 and this is that is what this has been being billed at as as the biggest world cup qualifier since that day in trinidad
1: mm. i did not know that actually yes exactly <laughs>
0: i'm glad i can glad i can educate but i've seen that in all, all over twitter all day biggest one since 19, 1989. so here's my big question here's the big i wrote this down on my notes could you imagine what would happen to soccer in the United States if the US did not qualify for the World Cup? First of all, Fox, who broadcasts the World Cup, would be absolutely livid. They would be they stand as much to lose as soccer the sport. Yeah. J- for them, just because can you the, the ratings are going to go way down if they don't have the US games to broadcast.
1: Yeah, soccer has been gaining a lot of popularity in the United States. Uh, with how much of that momentum would be lost with this. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it it would be crushing if the United States did not make the World Cup with Dempsey and Pulisic like guys like people who in the MLS guy star like Dempsey in the MLS plus a star like Pulisic who plays internationally having those two guys on a team and not to even qualify for a World Cup that would be devastating for the sport in America even I mean NBC's Coverage of the Premier League would probably get horrible ratings. Well, not horrible. I don't
0: know. I don't know about that. I feel like that has that's completely independent of the of the U.S. national team. I I don't think it would be a crushing blow, but it would definitely be, especially to people who don't watch soccer but are kind of, like, starting to come around. Yeah. All they need, like, people like, I guess, like, my dad, who didn't really grow up with soccer, but now he sees how much I like it. He's starting to come around. But once the U.S. doesn't make the World Cup, oh, U.S. soccer's a joke. It's not even, it's not even worth following them anymore. I think a lot of people will end up feeling that way. I agree, because I think the
1: MLS is starting to get a little bit of respect at least. Because yeah, yeah,
0: that too. With MLS would be really hurt by Schweinsteiger
1: that. coming over and a couple of international guys coming over. I mean, granted, they are in the later stages of the career. But, I mean, MLS is becoming a somewhat legitimate destination. Obviously not at the same level as some of the European leagues, but it, it's a pretty big league. And without the United States qualifying, that's like an embarrassment to the MLS. I think the fans would... Of, American soccer would not be happy. I don't know how it would impact um, the new Los Angeles team coming into the league. Yeah. I'm not sure. Oh, my
0: gosh. I keep forgetting there's another team coming in. Jeez, yeah. they keep expanding. It's ridiculous. And
1: then one more in Miami the next
0: year. I think. Yeah, well, it's crazy how far the MLS has expanded. I think it definitely would have a negative impact. I mean, obviously, put two and two together. But I don't think it would be an absolutely crushing blow. I think people will still continue to watch the Premier League. And I think... Once this World Cup cycle is over and another one starts, I think people will be willing to go back to them eventually. Maybe not in the first year, Hmm. but eventually I think people will be willing to give the U.S. men's soccer team another chance. All right, we'll move on from that segment. But next time, this time next week, we will be, when we record on Wednesday, we will know know whether they qualify for the World Cup. And that's going to be a very interesting show. I'm sure we'll have Mir on. I'm sure we'll have Rich on. (laughs) And you know they will be very, 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 very disappointed if the U.S. somehow does not make the world cup. Yes. All right, so we'll move on from that. We'll move on to move on to the Premier League as we like to do here. We'll talk about Chelsea and Man City to start and then I'll let you talk about your boys Liverpool. Chelsea Man City, like I said in the rundown, I think it was just an absolute masterclass from Guardiola and the entire Man City team. Kevin De Bruyne is an absolute beast. Mm-hmm. One I, one of the main reasons why I despise Mourinho to this day and I think he was his second spell at the club was among some of the worst—he made some of the worst management decisions you could make, letting go A, Lukaku, B, and Kevin De Bruyne. I know hindsight is twenty twenty, and maybe he doesn't develop into this player if he doesn't leave for Wolfsburg, but you can't deny just how— Quality he is as a midfielder, and he would fit so perfect. Could you imagine him next to Conte in that midfield? That would, that be, would be that would put Chelsea. That would be unfair because yeah. right now you've got Chelsea's kind of struggling to put a midfielder next to Conte. Obviously, Conte gets to start. He's the reigning player of the year. Obviously, he obviously is number one in that midfield. But they only play a two-man midfield because of the 3-4-3 system. Mm-hmm. Fabregas doesn't fit well with him because he's so bad off the ball that Conte has too much ground to cover. Bakayoko is good but he's still warming up to the Premier League. Mm-hmm. If you would have had Kevin De Bruyne, this Chelsea team would be competing yeah. de- definitely be competing for the league. De Bruyne in this form. Maybe yeah. if they kept him maybe he wouldn't be as good, maybe he'd just be a role player. But right now this 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 Man City team. I want to talk more about them because I always like to talk about Chelsea because they are my team, but Man City they look so scary and the scariest part for me is they didn't even have Aguero in that game and they still should have won again at least 3-0. Against the
1: defending champions. Yeah. Um. Honestly, th- that summarizes it perfectly. I mean, <laughs> really, they're the defending champions. I mean, Man City. And not
0: to say that Chelsea played poorly; they were. It's just a, they were just a better team. Man City are just a better team right now. It's there's just no other way around. It's like Chelsea yeah. last season; they were just a better team in their form than any other team that they played last year. It just happens. Like, man, it's it, it just it, it just is how it is.
1: Yeah, and I. I f- I liked the moves Chelsea made this off season, but letting um, Matic leave and replacing him with Bakayoko I thought was a little questionable, but still, I, I don't see Chelsea as a legitimate threat to these two teams. I, I I agree with you for the most part. I think Chelsea, if... To the top two teams, if, I think they'll I know. be a top five finish. Uh, oh, us.
0: absolutely. I think they will make the Champions League, and I think they're firmly entrenched in third right now, but I... Th- I'm not giving up on the league just yet. I think that Conte is just too good of a manager. He's gonna figure things out. And what I'll point to this Morata injury is a big, big problem. Though. Yeah. That's he could be out for up to two months, and that could be the end of Chelsea's. If they lose, if they lose another match before, let's say, if they lose another match before Halloween, their title chase is over. In my opinion, I think that would be too too much ground for them. They're only they're already six points back of Man City right now, and if they lose even more ground, I think that would be it. But Conte is a good enough manager that i think he'll figure something out i don't know I if agree. it it'll, if they'll fig, he'll figure out something that's going to win the, win win chelsea the league but i think it's good. i think they will be there towards the end on the last on the penultimate or last week of the season i think you will see chelsea still in it with a chance to win the league i'm not saying that they will but I think that Man City, maybe they are a bit vulnerable. I think the injury to Mendy is a huge problem. I don't know how long they can play walk our, uh, Fabian Delph at left back. I think the keeper issue, Edelson really hasn't been... I mean, you saw what happened with Claudio Bravo last season. I mean, mm-hmm. he basically cost them the league last season because his horrendous goalkeeping was what put them in that horrible spell from November to December that
1: basically put them way far behind everybody else. Yeah, um, I'm not sure I agree necessarily with the fact that Chelsea will be in it the last week with a chance to win the title. I think they'll be in it as much so as Tottenham was last year with uh Chelsea, but I don't think they'll have a legitimate Okay, no, self. I
0: th- I think that's fair. I I I don't agree with you, but I definitely see where you're coming from and what you're saying is not is not ridiculous. But the other thing is when you went go- to go back to Matic, I-, I he just it was another he was another player that just didn't fit with Conte. I think it's it was a great pickup for United, and I think we, mm-hmm. Chelsea brought yeah. in better players to replace them. I think Bakayoko. I would rather have Bakayoko than Madich in that midfield. It's just a lack of depth is what bothered me. I think we. I think Chelsea made great signings. I think once Drinkwater comes in, he'll be a fantastic mm-hmm. player. I think uh, when he plays, obviously he'll be a bit of a more fringe player. But I think the the, the main problem is that. Chelsea did not bring in a third striker, and now look at... Because Conte does not trust Batshuayi to play a full game right now. You saw when Morata went off in the 40th minute. Who did he bring on? He brought on Willian. He didn't bring on... he, He shifted... Hazard to the striker role, and you might see him play that in the near future. I, he just doesn't trust Bacuayi. Bacuay, he has got some great goals, not to mention last Wednesday at uh, the Wanda Metropolitano or Stadio Metropolitano or whatever they call it down in Atletico with that 2-1 win, and he scored with the final kick of the game. He's got some big goals in him, but and I, uh, to be honest, I don't blame Conte. I, he hasn't... Michi Bacuayi has not shown that he can lead the line against Premier League co- uh, opposition for, for a full 90 minutes.
1: I mean... I happen to be a big Batshuayi fan but I also don't trust him necessarily like no, I am a huge think, Batshuayi fan he his goal won the league for us last season. Yeah, I I mean, I really Eden Hazard or Eden Hazard, however you choose to pronounce Eden it. Eden Hazard. I think
0: he should play striker. He played striker for a couple games last yeah. season he was fantastic.
1: He had three he played striker for the Everton game, I believe, and he had three goals. He's the best player on Chelsea's team, especially with that weak midfield and question marks at striker. I think he really needs to be playing. Sh- uh, uh, he really needs to be playing striker.
0: All right, so we'll move on from my team to yours. We'll talk about Liverpool here for a second. The the Red Men, as they are called, oh, lo- a, a one one draw on the road against Newcastle. Was it on the road or was it in, at at It was on the road. Okay, so it was at Newcastle, which isn't a horrible result, but in the grand scheme of things, a one one draw against Spartak. A 2-2 draw against Sevilla in the Champions League. They're sitting in eighth in the Premier League right now. Am I correct with that? I think last time I checked, they were in eighth.
1: Um, yes. Oh, no, they're in seventh, They're actually. in seventh, but okay.
0: They're they're pretty far off the top right now.
1: They're tied with Burnley and Watford with 12 points. Exactly. Six.
0: That's, all, that's all you need to know about where Liverpool are right now. I'll ask you two questions. A, do you trust Klopp still?
1: And B, is the league already out of reach? Um... I don't think the league is out of reach. Um, I am being a bit optimistic, but listen, they're only one point behind Chelsea right now, and Chelsea is is in fourth place. Um, Is it likely to win the league? Definitely not. But um, if they get some help on defense, they're – their attack's been really good, I think. Yeah, it's, it's
0: been fantastic. The the Sadio Mane uh, red card is what really hurts them. Or was yeah. that Salah? No, it was Mane who got the red card.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was back playing against Newcastle. Okay, no, okay, that's fair. That's right. He his, his suspension um, was up. I, I don't know. I really don't trust Salah whatsoever. He missed a couple shots that interesting. He really should have made. He, I mean, he's got certainly he's got pace. Especially playing with him and Mane up top is really exciting. But, I don't know, Salah really only finishes on balls that, like, he absolutely has to finish on, and some that he really should finish on, he doesn't, which is, I don't know, necessarily. I think Sturridge should be getting some of that playing time, and, you know, maybe they should share some of it, but... interesting. Because I, I do like Sturridge on the wing a little bit better and having Firmino well, as striker. Sturridge, he's just, just got to play – he's got to stay healthy. Firmino's yeah. been a solid striker this season, yeah. but
0: I think, yeah, Sturridge definitely works. I mean, when he was at Chelsea, he played just as much as, as a winger as he did as a striker, so he definitely is familiar playing out there.
1: Yeah, I, I actually like him better as a winger, allowing Firmino to play striker and Mane to play wing. Um, so what about Klopp? You, do you trust Klopp to get, to get Liverpool towards Klopp.
0: the top? I um, trust somewhat. Back into the Champions League, <laughs> let's say that. What are your, you, you, you elaborate on that for me?
1: I don't know. I, I trust Klopp to a degree. Um, I don't think he has full control over the defense. I think he's doing the best he can. I agree with you. But the pieces that he has are just not that good. I mean, you can't Mott's
0: expect to be Premier League contenders with I uh, I'm blanking on his name. You got Dejan me. Lovren as oh, your yeah. as your first choice center back. Joel Matip is solid. He's not bad. Yeah, I, but he's not good enough to cover twenty four seven for.
1: And Lovren was injured for a little bit of the season, and they were playing Klavan starting at um, as one of the center backs, which is just which is
0: just as bad.
1: It's I if not worse. I, I think know it's just it's a bit embarrassing to be a top five team and just well currently not a top five team, but a, a power be?
0: a power six team. Yeah, and not have have that week of a center back pairing I mean come on they've got to go out and get somebody and, and I think but I don't trust the, and this is coming from not a
1: Liverpool fan I don't trust the Liverpool board to go out and get the players they need I know Um, they keep going out and getting midfielders exactly which, is, which doesn't help <laughs> I mean they have Wijnaldum Emre Chan Coutinho um, Milner I was just going to say Milner uh, and look and then you look at left back they've got Robertson they went out and got okay great Do you still have Alberto Moreno Like, the choices are not good. I mean, and at right back, yes, Nathaniel Klein's injured, but what choices do they have? They've got Joe Gomez, who is a converted center back, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. I mean, he's really young still. Yeah, he's eighteen, I think, still. Yeah. Um. So, Klopp is really been given nothing. I know. No, the the defense is just... and that's,
0: that's what always seems to be. That's why they didn't win the league back in 2014, because the defense was just... It was just too leaky and obviously they had Sturridge and Suarez who took over the league and took mm-hmm. that league by storm and were number one and number two in the goal-scoring charge. But you have to... In order to win a domestic league, you need a strong defense. You can't be leaking goals like Liverpool have been this season.
1: Absolutely. I mean, even last season, you saw... They were winning against the uh, the top teams, but they were losing against the bottom teams because the bottom teams mm-hmm. understood that if they played defensively the whole game and waited to counter-strike at Liverpool the right time, their defense is just so easy to break through that it's definitely a possibility to come out with a, at least a tie.
0: No, absolutely. So n- not everything is great in side. Not everything is great in the capital as well yeah. with Chelsea, but... Anyway, a a lot more time to come in the Premier League, and we'll obviously be covering that throughout this entire season. This is FUVFC, and we will see you next week.